life. It ain't easy. Bills, debt, mortgage, rent, get the groceries, pick up the kids, take out the garbage, lose some weight, gain some weight, go on a diet, exercise more, fix the house, repair the car, pay too much, get a deal, a daily grind, nine to five, life is hard. So who has time to follow their dreams? Well, they're out there, grinding it out every day, using every free millisecond to make it a reality. You can find their stories here on the Hometown Pipe Dreamers podcast. So everybody, welcome to the Hometown Pipe Dreamers podcast. This is episode, this will actually be episode three, but it's the second episode I'm recording because it's going to be airing in January. We are here with Keikoa, the Hawaiian warrior. He's a wrestler, uh, started in Allentown, kind of moves around uh, the state and the country a bit, and I think you've been in Europe as well, right? I have. All right. So we're going to talk to him a little bit about, uh, you know, what it takes to be a, a wrestler. (laughs) <laughs> so, first question is, and we start all the podcasts like this, um, where do you consider you to be your hometown? I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be where you're living now or where yeah. you grew up, but just what do you consider to be your hometown? My hometown would be considered uh, Lehigh Township, Pennsylvania, um, specifically Danielsville, Walnutport area, um, because like that's where I grew up. Um, I lived in Walnutport uh, for like the first seven years, then we moved to Danielsville, but I was always in Lehigh Township. Um, so I lived there until I graduated high school. And then once I graduated high school, it was like, I lived almost everywhere. Like I moved to Bethlehem and then I moved, uh, back into Allentown. And then I moved, uh, like toward, um, in Mertztown. I lived at one point, then I moved back to Walnutport and then I lived back in <laughs> Bethlehem. I lived in Emmaus at one point, and then I moved two more times in Bethlehem, and now I'm up in the Poconos. So, yeah, my home. <laughs> yeah, so I've been I've been over I've been over the you know the Lehigh Valley a little bit, um, right? But uh, but yeah, Lehigh Township would be my hometown. It's funny because a lot of people you talk to the Lehigh Valley, they just kind of drift around the Lehigh Valley because Allentown's kind of centered in there. Mm-hmm. There's a lot. There's a lot going on in Allentown. And yeah. I, I know I have a lot of ties in Allentown as well. Mm-hmm. So it's good to stay close because, you know, there is stuff going on in there. There's stuff going on in, like, what, what a, lot of, a lot of people that live in the Lehigh Valley and they haven't, like, gotten to travel as much. Excuse me. They, they, they're like, oh, I just want to get out of the Lehigh Valley. I want to get out. And I'm like, you know, as much as I, I can understand of why you would want to, but at the same time, it's like, the Lehigh Valley is pretty awesome because yeah. I've gotten to travel and you get to these other parts of the country and it's like, yeah, it's nice to go to, but it's like the Lehigh Valley has got a lot going on and it's always growing. And, um, you know, we're so close to everything. Like we're, we're a couple hours from the beaches. We're not far from New York city. We're not far from DC. It's like, there's so much tourist things that you can go and do and then come back home and, you know, and, and live in the Valley. It's like, we're in the middle of, all this stuff, so right, yeah, absolutely. Know, not that I look, not that I, you know, think badly or anything of people that want to get out of the valley. It's like, hey, if you want to get out, this is not for you. This is not for you. But it's like we have valleys pretty awesome. There's a lot of people I know that leave and then come back. Yeah, Becca left and she was in Pittsburgh for a while, and now she's back in the valley again. Mm-hmm. So it is a pretty cool place. Like last weekend, I was just in Easton, which. There's like Easton, Bethlehem, and Allentown, if you're not familiar. Yeah. And they're all really different cities. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're all lined up. and uh, They we all went... got their thing to go to do. They do, yeah. And we went to the Crayola factory with my daughter and my, my niece and nephew. And 
there was like, oh, bam, outside there's a garlic festival. Never yeah. even heard about it. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, it was cool. We went out and walked around and, you know. It's the same thing in, uh, like, Allentown. It's like, you know, now, like, Allentown's kind of in this transition period where they're trying to be more, like, they're trying to draw more people to their town. And, you know, now you have the, the PPL Center and now there's a bunch of concerts and live events going on there. And you have a lot of high-class restaurants that are going into, you know, Center City, Allentown. They've done, I think, like the Pork Roll Fest or the Bacon Fest there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot going on in the Valley. Valley's a pretty awesome place. So, um, next question is, you know, what is it that drew you to becoming a wrestler? And by wrestler, I don't know if there's a delineation here, but... We're, we're not talking about, like, gym class wrestling. We're talking about, not like... amateur wrestling, collegiate wrestling. It's professional wrestling, like, you know, Hulk Hogan, right. The Rock, John Cena, that type thing. Which is, gen- like, that anybody that asks me, or if they find out I'm a wrestler, they're like, so you do you do that MMA stuff, or do you do that, like, Hulk Hogan fake stuff? That's usually <laughs> exactly how it's put every time. Right. Um, but what drew me to professional wrestling... Um, the story that, uh, my mom had told me was when I was three, um, you know, my dad put me in front of the television when I was a kid and wrestling was on and like not even a half hour later, I guess I was beating up pillows and, you know, sure. you know I was wrestling around. <laughs> so like I was immediately drawn to it for whatever was on TV. And then I just remember, like, I don't even remember that obviously cause I was three, but like my first memories of wrestling were watching like the 1993 Royal Rumble um, and watching those pay-per-views that, um, you know, my mom would get and we would record them on VHS and then I would like <laughs> yeah. be watching those like all the time. Um, so what, what drew me to it is just, you know, whatever got embedded in my, in my mind, you know, at three. And then just since then, I've always been a fan. And, uh, when I was growing up, I was like, yeah, I want to be a wrestler. Like, that's exactly what I want to do. And then there were some points in my life you know, when I was in high school where I was like, ah, maybe I want to be like a professional basketball player. Maybe I want to play baseball because I was doing those things. Sure. And I was going to camps and like trying to get better at those things. And there's no like wrestling camp for kids, you know, right. so, <laughs> um, but it wasn't until, uh, my junior year of high school, um, was my first time that I actually got inside a real ring. Um, I had found out that there was one in uh, center city, Allentown, this guy named Bud Carson had a pro wrestling memorabilia shop. And he had a ring in uh, the back of his building and you could go and like rent out the ring to like have a birthday party in or, you know, that that was mainly what he used it for. But he was also, uh, I think like the wild Samoans were training there at the time. Um, so I had found out about this and I went there and, uh, there was a group of guys that would go and like rent out the ring and like wrestle in it every other Friday. So I found out about this group. I went there and like immediately, like when the first time I got in the real ring, it was like, all right, I'm done. Like, figured it out. Yeah, that's like, what you want to do. There, there was a moment of, of, for a couple of years of like, hey, I'm not sure if I still want to do this wrestling, if I want to do something else. And then, it's, again, as soon as I got in that ring, it was like, nope, never mind. Right. I was right the first time. <laughs> it's, it's kind of like that thing in the back of your mind that's always calling to you. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you're like, yeah, it just it lets loose. You're like, this is it. This is happening. Yeah, because especially, too, like, you know, I, I was really, uh, you know, I really wanted to play basketball. Um, I was, I was decent. I would say I wasn't good. Like I wasn't one of the top players on the team. Um, you know, which was another struggle. It was like, you know, I, I would have had to get a lot better, which is would, would didn't defer me away from playing basketball. But, you know, like my junior year, I had, I was starting varsity and then, um, my senior year, 
I was having a bit of a rough year in the beginning, and this was after I had already gotten in the ring, and I stopped getting in the ring with that group of guys because, you know, high school basketball takes up all of your time. You're you're playing sure. six days. You're you're either practicing or playing six days a week. There is no isn't really an off time. So I I didn't have time to, you know, play around in a ring. Right. But like the entire time I'm at practice and I'm struggling and like I was start I was having a rough year in the beginning of that senior year. It was like all I was thinking about was I could be wrestling right now. And I'm and instead of like I'm getting yelled at by my coach and I'm struggling and I'm like right you know, again, like you said, it was always in the back of my mind that wrestling. Right. And, and like five games into the season, I was actually doing so bad in practice that I didn't even play a minute my senior year of any type of game like I sat the bench the first five games of the season and this was after me starting varsity the pr- the previous year right so it was like what the hell is going on and I took it as like a clear sign of like you need to get in the ring like right. this isn't this isn't for you anymore right right you know you played basketball for like 14 years it's time right and that's then that's what I did I, I quit five games into the season Everyone said it was probably going to be one of the biggest regrets of my life because it was my senior year, and it's like you should just play it out and sure. you know be done with it. But I was like, no, I've never regretted it since. Yeah, hey, <laughs> you got to do what you got to do, right? Yeah, exactly. It's call the wild. So, um, so moving ahead, you've been wrestling for you said I think ten years. Uh, actually, eleven this month. Eleven this yeah, month. 11 hey, months. we hit the birthday, right? right? <laughs> so, um, and we kind of talked when we first met about you kind of trying to get into the WWE is that like the major goal here like to be a professional wrestler and it is one of the major goals to be uh you know on WWE and wrestle and that be my full-time job um but you know there's other things to life and there's other things that you know that I want to do and um it's not it's not a matter of you know, that I've lost the drive to be a part of WWE or it's just, you know, as I was maturing in the business and I started talking to these other people that have made it to WWE and then weren't with the company anymore, they, a lot of people were giving me the advice of like, you know what, like as much as everybody loves wrestling and and that's why we do this, it's like, you need it. You need your own outlet. You need to have something else outside of wrestling. And I completely agree because you know, as much as I love wrestling, like I will never, like, as long as my body holds up, I'm going to be wrestling. Right. But there's definitely times where like, I'll be hanging out with my buddies that are also wrestlers and they'll want to watch wrestling. And it's like, you know what? I don't really want to watch wrestling right now. Like, I'd rather watch How I Met Your Mother or I want to watch, (laughs) you know, uh, Modern Family. Like, I want to have a laugh. Like, I want to enjoy these other shows. Sure. Or, um, you know, like, uh, you know, I, you know, like I want to play like Madden football with my boys or something like that, or I want to watch a football game. Like I have these other outlets, Sure. you know, like I play, uh, you know, slow pitch softball, you know, like, cause I still love playing baseball, right. Uh, well, the, you know, that sport. Um, so like as much as, yeah, like I would love to be a, a WWE wrestler. It's like, yeah, but I also when one day want to have a family and I also one day want to you know, do more acting stuff and you know what I mean? So it's always the goal. And if I get there, I get there, but it's like, I'm not going to, um, you know, put all my eggs in that basket. And then if it never works out, then I lost time and opportunities to do other things. It's like, you know, I'm kind of just going on the path of whatever happens. And if it happens, it does. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. But at the same time, like I'm never going to look back and say that my career wasn't successful because I didn't get to WWE. Like I've gotten to be on WWE. I've gotten to wrestle. I've been booked on their, their events many times. 
And it's like, so I can always say like, well, I at least got to do it, you know, and I got to be in magazines and ranked in the top 500 wrestlers in the world. And I've gotten to do overseas tours and I've gotten to win titles and I proposed to my, my wife in the ring. And, you know, it's like, I've gotten to do so much in wrestling. So it's like, I would never have a regret of, you know, if I didn't make it, I didn't make it. Sure. Like life goes on in a sense. Well, you have accomplished a lot, and I, I was really impressed with you. And to be honest, we cast him in our last movie, and I was, like, kind of surprised. I'm like, this guy wants to be in our movie? He's like, you know, <laughs> I'm like, hey, whatever, you know. But, um, uh, yeah, it was very impressive. And what was really interesting in that meeting is we were kind of talking to you about, you know, what you have to do to be in the WWE. And I kind of thought, like, okay, they find a guy, oh, he's, he looks pretty good, we'll take him in, and then we'll kind of write a character for him and stuff, but that's not the case. It's sort of, you come up with your own character, and you impress them, and then that's how you make it in. Is that correct? Yeah, it's, it's definitely either or, because they could have an idea for you, and it could take off. Right. Or they could have a bunch of not good ideas, and then they're like, well, you better come up with something, because, you know, we don't know what to do with you. Right. You know, if you hear stories about, like, Stone Cold Steve Austin, like, when he came in, he's the one that actually came up with Stone Cold Steve Austin. You know, WWE didn't write that. Um, sure. You know, they, they gave him the ringmaster when he first came in, and they but they gave him a full list of different gimmicks and character names that they thought of, and they were like, here, pick one. And I think he went with that for now, and then they were trying to transition out of the ringmaster, and they were still coming up with not-so-good ideas, and then... You know, that's when he stumbled upon the Stone Cold Steve Austin idea and, you know, boom, he's a, he's a megastar. Right. Um, same thing with, um, you know, I don't know necessarily know how uh, The Rock became The Rock, but I mean, they were trying to have him be this all-American, you know, star and, you know, good guy. And then the fans were booing him and they hated him because he was such a good guy. Right. They wanted to hate him. And then it was also around that attitude area where the bad guys were the good guys in a sense also. Right. Um, but then I, but I have heard stories of like, you know, the rock writing down in this book of like these catchphrases that he would think of. And then he would go to other people and he's like, what do you think about this? So it's like, as much as, you know, maybe it was WWE's decision to to turn him into that heel and finally be like, okay, they're booing you, so let's make you heel. Right. Maybe that was their idea, maybe it wasn't, but at the end of the day, like The Rock was coming up with all these catchphrases that were getting him over and getting him to the biggest the biggest megastar that is in acting right now. Right. Yeah. You know, he is he is like the Arnold Schwarzenegger of this generation, I would say right now. He is. He's he was number one. I forget if it was highest paid or highest highest gross, grossing. Grossing was it grossing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because he's, he's in every damn movie. He is in every movie. He's in every damn movie, and it's it's and so he's in movies that aren't even like about him. You know? Yeah, like he's either he's either making an appearance or he's the he's the star of of all these movies, and now he's got his own production company, and he's very versatile. He can do a lot of different things too, and he's gonna be our president. <laughs> yeah, like, you think so? I mean, he hasn't like he's clearly said like he's thought about running for president one day. Right. And when you're that you're that liked like there's not one person that i don't think doesn't like the rock sure and if you don't like him it's probably because either you had a bad experience with him in the past and you just held on to it right or you're just so sick of him because he's in every movie so then you're tired of seeing him (laughs) yeah but you don't have a negative thing to say about the rock especially right now i mean like he does everything right whether from you know what i mean like between being loyal to his fans 
and doing the good things as far as using his platform of who he is and getting more awareness for the hurricanes or just anything. Yeah, he's always making like little YouTube videos yeah. and, and, you know, so, always really positive. So imagine if that kind of guy that has that much of a following runs for president. I guarantee you well, he, would, true. <laughs> he would probably do well, you know what I mean? And then... Yeah. Probably better than people that are running currently, but you know what I mean? <laughs> but who who am I to judge? You know what I mean? Sure, I'm just sure. a guy in the Poconos. <laughs> but what what I thought was, you know, most interesting about sort of this process is the fact like if you're an actor, you go in and they're like, You're reading for this part. You could be, you know, good guy, bad guy, you yeah. know, you know, peripheral character, whatever. But you know, in wrestling it seems like you create your character and if your character is good enough, you know, you can get in there and get noticed and you know, like, whereas an yeah. actor, you can't, you know, go in and go, this is the character I created. You know, mm -hmm. I think it would fit in this movie. It's, yeah. It, it's kind of cool that you guys are able to do that. Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely people that are signed to WWE right now because they just did so well on the independent circuit that they're saying, like, hey, like, people, like, he has a following and, you know what I mean, he, he didn't need us, so why wouldn't we have him on our team? Sure. You know, like, my, my good buddy Adam Cole, like, I haven't, uh, he, he was... He's a megastar right now. I mean, he was a megastar before WWE signed him, and now he's part of the company that he's always dreamed of being with. And, um, you know, he, he did everything on his own, and, you know, and he, they brought him in, and he's Adam Cole, and he does everything the exact same because they said, hey, here's a winning formula. Look, he's done it on his own. Right. So why change him? You know, and they're doing that a lot now because before it was, well, when we sign you, you know, it seemed like they would give them a, a brand new persona because then it's like we own the rights to everything that you make now because we created this for you. Sure. But I think they've kind of understood like, well, they already have a following and they've done that. So if we bring them in, then the following is going to continue. If we try to change it, maybe it would be a negative response of like, hey, that's not who he is, you know, type of thing. I mean, maybe that is their mindset. Maybe it's not, you know, I'm right. not there, but I mean, that's the way it seems so like they brought in cm punk and he stayed his, his name stayed cm punk samoa joe stayed the same aj styles stayed the same adam cole stayed the same bobby fish stayed the same like there's a lot of guys that they're just okay this right is, this is who he is we signed him it's a you smart know? move yeah i mean and maybe they're maybe they're just doing that now or maybe they're doing it with certain people that they just know like they have the winning formula they've been doing well you know because there's there are some guys that they've signed and then they change their characters but um you know, a lot of guys aren't anymore, so right. Maybe that's, you know, maybe that's the 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 road they're going down now. It's it's pretty awesome in this sort of YouTube generation where you can project out to a lot of people. I mean, you know, twenty years ago or something, you know, in the nineties, there was no outlet to do that. You had mm -hmm. to go to one of these big corporations or you know yes. already established things, and you know that's how you got famous. But now, I mean, you have people on YouTube commenting on video games that have millions of followers, and they yeah. make a living off of you know, saying stupid shit on YouTube, yeah. really, you know, so it's, it's kind of awesome that we're living it's, in that age. Isn't it crazy? Like there's people on YouTube that literally just play video games and then they just upload their video game stuff and that's it. That's, yeah. But that's what they do for life. Yeah. It's crazy. I got to rethink my life now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> One of the guys I work with is like trying to come up with a really good YouTube idea just to get it out there because once you start getting um you know a following a following and, yeah. and people pay for the ads and all that stuff you you know that's your money every month i mean the big question is what can you do that hasn't been done yet because if you if you're doing something that's that someone hasn't done yet then it's 
giving you the a lot easier of an opportunity to exceed because if you're trying to just replicate what's been already been done it's like well what makes you what yeah. makes you different and what makes you different and it's been done for so long now i yeah. mean there has to be a cap at some point that like okay you know yeah it's hard to get in anymore because unless you're gonna upload like cute cat videos or cute dog videos <laughs> because there's never enough of that right right <laughs> there's always a demand for her. there's always a demand for that or a demand for just creating memes and gifs you know if that's your job then you know what i mean right you you might you might be you might be riding a good coattail for a while <laughs> it's well in filmmaking too i mean there was a guy um and i can't remember his name for the life of me he was in i think he's swedish and he did that Lights Out movie. Did you? See, I don't know. If you I didn't heard. see it, but I heard of it. Yeah, he did a short film that was Lights Out. And it was five minutes uh -huh. and freaky as hell. Uh -huh. Like you watch it on your phone, and you're kind of going like, <laughs> you're like, uh oh, yeah, because uh -huh. it would the lights would keep going on and off, and then this woman was seeing shit the whole time, uh -huh. and then she didn't see anything for a while, and then something pops out at the end, right? Uh -huh. And um, he got like millions and millions of views on this, and got it just, and that's how we got a deal in Hollywood. And then they said we want to make this. A feature film and it was i'm terrible with names it was the guy that that produced all of the saw movies that created saw one and, oh, and all that stuff and um, that guy was a genius yeah yeah and he was the one his company signed him on and then he got lights out and now we think he did annabelle 2 and uh -huh. you know and now that's how he made it just five minute short film that just took that's off crazy yeah so i still think about how i reacted the first time i watched saw one and that guy just got up from the middle of the room oh and yeah just like no yeah. like, <laughs> i'll never forget that like that's like that's like uh no i don't even want to compare that i was gonna say something awful but no uh but yeah like you just that's that's like a reaction that like that movie was just so it was insane. like a sixth sense like yeah a, you know what i mean yeah. It was like, like, no. yeah yeah God. yeah it was iconic yeah so, iconic that's a good word right so yeah I, I just thought that was really interesting the whole concept of you know building yourself up and then getting in the we rather than you know impressing somebody and then like we're gonna take you in and make you a star you know yeah, it's like yeah. you're already there you're yeah just you're already getting, a star yeah now you're just now you're just on our team right exactly i thought that was really cool so um so kind of being a wrestler and what i've learned from you is it's part acting part stunt work right yeah absolutely so what do you think's harder I think the acting is definitely a lot harder. Um, the reason being is because when you're uh, when you're training to be a wrestler, you're training to do the stunt work first. And what a lot of uh, wrestling companies, uh, or I should say, wrestling schools, fail to do is they forget to t the, to teach you the acting part of it and to teach the psychology aspect of it. Because when you go out and like um, you know, again, like I'm just another indie guy, but when you know I'm asked from fellow wrestlers to like hey can you watch my match i just want your feedback on it what i see nine times out of ten is there's some type of psychology aspect that's failed in the match to where it's like you're forgetting what's going on because you're so caught up and your mind is trained to like to wrestle and like this is what you do in wrestling but you're forgetting the whole other aspect of it to make it look real like we all know that wrestling's you know, staged, choreographed, whatever word you want to use. Right. But you're, but the whole point of wrestling is to not only give them a good show, but also to suspend their belief a little bit. Because again, it's like, if we all know this is fake or if we know that's a stage, it's like, why are you going to throw a punch harder than, you know what I mean? Like to, cause you're, you're making it look like you're actually hurting them. Right. And right. you want to suspend those people's belief of like, like, I know this is, this isn't real, but like that looked legit. Right. And like, that's what draws people back. 
But again, like, you know, going back to what I was saying, the, the acting part is definitely a lot harder because, um, you know, to, to give you a, 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 an easy example, uh, you know, I was watching a match yesterday and a guy had gotten a cane hit to his leg. Uh-huh. And now, like, the wrestler is now beating the crap, like, his opponent was beating the crap out of his leg because it's like, okay, now he has a weak point of his body, so he that guy is going to capitalize on that. But then at another point in the match, the guy that got hit in the leg was running around as if his leg was perfectly fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's like, your mind isn't, like, and that's that's such a simple thing of, like, of acting. It's like, hey, don't forget your leg got beat up right for five minutes it's gonna hurt right you know what i mean like so and that happens all the time sure and it's it's a very simple thing but it happens all the time so that's why like i would definitely say that the the acting is a lot harder and that's why i came to you guys when you were looking for people to film because i want to elevate my acting ability more so that i can because i'm at the point now where i'm like i'm in my career where i've been i've had enough matches to where if something starts happening i can suspend my my mind to okay forget about everything else what what would i do in this situation right. how would i act how what like what would my emotion be um you know like what what are my mannerisms like would i be out of breath would i be fine would i be mad would i be happy all that stuff and it's like if you can get that stuff down like that's going to elevate your ability to get booked and sure you know what i mean to to get more exposure because anybody can do wrestling you know what i mean it's easy to learn that stuff you know for most people but it's hard to get people out of their shell and get their mind to that acting side right because if definitely if you're a shy person it's going to be hard for you to to break out and get all that emotion right you know so it's, it's definitely harder. It's definitely, I mean, it, it kind of translates in filmmaking too, because if you make a movie and you don't have the technicals down, mm -hmm. you know, like, oh, the sound sounds weird here. Like people are going to go, okay, I'm watching a movie. Yep. You don't want people to forget you're watching a movie and kind yeah. of, like you're saying, suspend belief. And, yeah. You know. So to give you a good example of that, I remember watching Dark Knight and the, the scene where Batman jumps like three or four floors from the parking garage and lands on that van and like the van shatters obviously yeah but like the sound was like very minute i know exactly what you're talking about and i was like where the, what what i was like that van should like boom like there yeah. should be a huge sound i was like it sounded like he barely like he broke like a glass or something like that it sounded it, muffled yeah, yeah i'm like what happened there like how did that how did that get past editing to where we're like you know what yeah that sounds good <laughs> yeah Foley guy didn't do it right or something. Yeah, like yeah. something something went wrong there. And and even for me watching that, I'm like, well, that was dumb. Right. But yeah, you don't want that. You don't want that. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You, want, you want to just have that seamless, you know, mm -hmm. flow. And that way you can get into the story and get into what's happening. Yeah. But I imagine it's very difficult in the ring. You probably have to learn the stunts and the choreography first. And then, you know, that has to be second nature to you before you can actually get to the acting. And Yeah, I would say so because... Um, you know, footwork and timing, like all that stuff is very hard to learn unless you're just a natural at it. Right. If you have a natural athletic ability or just a natural uh, footwork, then it, obviously things will come easier to you. But yeah, it is a lot harder to translate or to think about that um, acting side of it while you're still working on your athletic ability. If you're trying to toggle both, then it's even it's even harder. Um but yeah, it's just it's just so many times where like you're watching a match 
and then something you know so small like I explained earlier happens and then from an experienced person like myself sees that and you're just like how how is this possible like, right right like think 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 like just stop and think about the situation for a second you know what I mean something is also like you know it just put it into an easier aspect for you to understand so um, like a lot of people know amateur wrestling the whole point of amateur wrestling is to get the opponent's shoulders to the ground and once they are they pin them boom match is done right right that's the whole point so there's a lot of times in pro wrestling where we hit these big moves on guys or girls and they're down on the ground and then they don't cover them because and then they get up and then they start celebrating or they start doing this and that and granted it could be a part of the storyline but if you're if you're playing to that but it's like don't forget the whole point of this match is to win so if the if the the dudes on the ground or the girls on the ground cover them you know what i mean like go for the win right 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 you're trying to win yeah you know but it could be the you know the storyline aspect where if the if the bad guy hits this big move and then he gets up celebrating and then he ends up losing because he took too much time then you could say that you could put that over in the commentary like well you know if he wasn't so cocky earlier if he would have just focused on the match instead of you know yelling at the fans or blah 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 he would have been able to get that pin there but no he took too much time the good guy rolled him up and that's how he lost the match so sure. it's like if you're using that type of psychology then yeah that works perfectly fine but it happens but i, I know nine times out of ten it's not people are just like all right i have to hit another move i have to do this i have to do that and they're, right. they're forgetting like oh yeah i'm supposed to win cover you well know? and that's another you bring up another point is that you know, if the character that you create is cocky, that would make sense to do that. It would, yeah. But so you also have to keep in mind your character that you created. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And like, are you like a no-nonsense guy? Like you get them down and you pin them quick? Yeah, you're trying. You know what I mean? So it's... And I've, and I've been told that, like, so I play it, there's a heel character that I play, it's it named the Warrior King. And he's a very like, I'm the king, I'm the best, you know, everything's about me. You're all my servants, blah, blah, blah. Right. So there was a lot of times where, like, I would hit a move and I would stand up and I'd be like, who's your king? Right. And to get that booze. And then, you know, it wasn't until Tito Santana, uh, WWE Hall of Famer, I asked him his critique when he watched my match. And he was like, pin them first. If they kick out, then jaw jack to the crowd. He goes, again, don't forget that you're trying to win. And I was like, perfect point. Right. So after that, it was like, okay, just reverse that. You know, don't, don't, don't yell at the fans first cover. Okay. He kicked out. Now I can yell at the fans. Right. You know, that you're still trying to win. That's yeah. It, it, all that is just amazing. You know, that you it's, guys do all that. It's such small things that nobody, right. From a, from a fan's aspect, you don't think about and they, and then you don't even realize that we're thinking about that type of stuff. Sure. You know, it's, it's just crazy. All there's so many small details in wrestling that like people just don't understand people don't know that we do right and then until you actually sit them down you're like okay here's the 50 things that we're all thinking about right while this match is going on sure try to put all those things and then cram it <laughs> right into, into eight minutes or five minutes whatever amount of time that you have it's insane it's a lot it's a lot more difficult than than people think it is yeah it, it really is um now, I know that they're planned, the matches, right? They're kind of choreographed beforehand, yeah. or, or do you guys kind of go on the fly sometimes? A little bit of both, depending on who you're in the ring with. So if, you, if I've wrestled a guy a hundred times, and I know exactly what moves they do, and the sequences that they do, or how they do their thing, whatever, I can be like, all right, I'll see you out there. Like that, can, this is what the this is what the finish is. Right. Let's go out there and do it. Right. But then there's guys where like if I've never been in the ring with them before, like I want to know exactly what they do, 
I want to know who their character is, like how they're going to portray themselves, like if they're going to be aggressive, if they're loose, if they're comedy, like who the hell they are. Sure. So you kind of have to go over everything. And then after you get that first match out of the way, it's like, all right, now, you know, you can kind of feel them out a little more the next time. Um, And also like, you know, now that I've been doing this for 11 years, it's like, okay, I know that um, there's just people out there that they mean well, but they're not exa- they're not as experienced yet. So they might have a move that I might not be comfortable taking from them yet because I don't know how good they are. Right. You right. know, it might it might be a little bit dangerous. So I I tend to like go out there for the first time um, when I'm wrestling somebody and like, all right, let's do this and this and this. You know, we'll keep it easy tonight. And then once I know, like, okay, like, they're pretty good. All right, now I trust them. We can do a little bit more next time. Basically have to feel them out that first time. Um, so it's a little bit of both. It's a little bit choreographed, and, and it could be on the fly also. Um, you know, and also, too, like, if something happens, you know, at, while you're out there, you need to be able to work on the fly because, um, you know, so, like, if, for instance, if my if the ending was supposed to be me jumping off the top rope, onto this guy and I legit twisted my ankle and now I'm hurt. Right. So it's like, okay, well I'm clearly I'm not going to be able to jump off the top rope for this move. So we're going to have to, we're going to switch things around here a little bit. So you got to be ready for that type of stuff. And do you guys like communicate with each other? Yeah. So, um, I'm trying to think of, uh, so a good example was the one time I was facing my buddy and, um, he accidentally spiked himself on the mat. So he drove his head right into the mat and he was, the lights were on but nobody was home right so you kind of have to guide him through like hey we have to get through this <laughs> you yeah, know I mean? yeah but he has no idea what's going on sure um another time i wrestled a guy and we it was our first time facing each other so we planned out a, a, a lot of the match and then we got out there and he goes brother i forgot the whole thing i don't know where we are and i'm like <laughs> all right i got it so then you have to be ready for that type of stuff so sometimes you guys do go like, okay, I'm going to do this move first, and then you're going to do this move, and then, you know, this and that, or... Yeah. Okay. Sometimes, yeah. And then sometimes you do it on the fly, like you were saying. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Especially, like, when you're when you're a bad guy, it's a lot easier because you could, um, you can dictate, like, what's going on, because nine times out of ten, the, the bad guy is going to be beating up the good guy for a long time until the crowd's like, all right, we've had enough. Let's get behind this good guy. He's got to make his comeback. It's right. like every it's a, it's like every movie. You right. know what I mean? It's like Rocky. Sooner, yeah, it's like Rocky. <laughs> yeah. It's like Batman. It's like yeah. every movie. Sooner or later, <laughs> yeah. the good guy has to come back and win. Right. Or at least make a comeback and then we'll see what happens. Sure. So, you know, during that time, it's like, yeah, the bad guy can just be like, all right, I'm going to choke you over here. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. We'll figure it out while we're out there. Right. And then when it's time, he gives him that, he gives him that clue of like, all right, kid, it's time. Like start coming back, you know, right, right. and it's like punch, 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 punch. All right, do your moves. Here we go, you know. So that's that's how it goes. That's that's cool though. It, the whole concept is cool to me. Like I was never a huge wrestling guy growing up. Like I watched it a little bit here and there, but mm-hmm. you know, I'm learning more about this, and I'm I'm going to your match next weekend, and I'm like I'm excited for this. Like you know, see all this live, and then I'll talk to you about it, like all the behind the scenes stuff. It's all it's also cool to just know like, you know, like why certain things happen like to to have that backstage like knowledge so to give you an example um uh like kevin owens and aj styles um i was at the pay-per-view when they faced each other for the united states title okay and um uh, to make a long story short um the finish did not go as planned and actually aj styles lost the title to kevin owens which wasn't supposed to happen and i knew because i was there 
like that wasn't supposed to happen and this was what was supposed to happen right now they fixed it a couple days later they faced each other on smackdown and then they the and aj styles won his title back right you know, two days later but like for me knowing like okay well that was an accident so now i like i like to go on the internet then and i'm like all right i want to see what all these smart wrestling fans are gonna say like oh they took the title off aj styles because he did something backstage and they were pissed off at him or like whatever the hell the rumor they want to come up yeah Yeah, whatever whatever you want to come up with but i'm like i know it just did not go well like there was it was supposed to be something else it just didn't happen it was an accident they'll fix it you know it's the same thing with us if something happens and it doesn't go well we'll fix it you know what i mean like we'll get to wherever we need to go if there's some bumps there's some bumps and that's kind of common practice in the yeah. wrestling world, yeah. Like, so, like, a, a big thing that I always tell referees, because a lot of referees, they want to know what the ending is. Right. And I don't like telling them what the ending is, because if you know what the ending is, you're not going to be ready to count a three before that. So, to give you an example, if you and I are facing each other in the ring, and I'm going to hit you with the Stone Cold Stunner for the for the... For the finish right after i hit that it's gonna be one two three well if halfway into the match i hit you with another move and you accidentally get knocked out and i'm covering you the referee doesn't know like oh hey this isn't the finish right so i know this isn't the finish so they go one two and then they don't really go for the three count because they're like i know it's not the finish right but then you don't kick out because you're un- knocked unconscious so then it sus- it just breaks the reality that we talked about earlier right of right. like we're so invested in this and now it's like oh right that's right it's fake you know <laughs> so i don't like telling referees that sure. i want you to go out there and just just do your job as if you were a real referee right and we always tell referees if 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 we don't listen to you disqualify us if we're outside for too long because we're only supposed to be outside for of the ring for 10 seconds we don't listen to you, disqualify us. It's our fault. We didn't listen to you. Right. If we don't kick out, it's our fault. We're supposed to kick out. You're just doing your job. Right. You know? So that's that's another big thing of like just, you know. Wow, it's just so much. There's so much you guys gotta yeah. deal with in the matter of how long is like a, a regular match? Like five minutes, ten minutes? Any I mean, yeah, it really all depends on where yeah. you go. But I mean, there there could be a match that's only five minutes and then there's ones that are you know, 20, 30 minutes. Right. You know, it really all depends. It depends on a lot of different things. Sure. Um, but yeah, a re- I mean, even a referee's role. I mean, yeah. People don't know, like a referee is actually super important in, in, in the match. They think that he's just there to count the three, but it's like, no, he's there. Like, he's also helping us. Like, there's a lot of times where, um, you know, like I'll get slammed on the ground and then the guy that I'm facing is a little too far away for me to to communicate over something to him of like whatever we're going to do next. So when the referee comes over to check on me, he's like, yo, are you good? I'm like, yeah, go tell him to get on the top rope. And he goes, okay. So then he'll go over to him. He's like, he, he said to get on the top rope. <laughs> so cool. it's like, oh, I, yeah, I yeah. utilize the referee that way. Or even if, um, if I'm the bad guy and I'm beating a guy up in the corner, I'm only allowed to beat him up in the corner for five seconds. After five seconds, I would get disqualified. So after, at four seconds, I back up. And right. the referee comes up with me and he's like, hey, I told you to, you know, get him out of that corner. I'll disqualify you next time. I'm like, okay, okay, ref, tell him to move out of the way. And he goes, okay. And then he goes back over, move out of the way. And then here I come running and they move out of the way and boom, I hit myself in the corner. And right. that's exactly what I wanted. You're, you, you're utilizing the referee. But he's also there to, again, like to, to be assertive and to play his role. Right. You know, and the, there was a referee that I worked with yesterday that 
he just wasn't, he had no voice. He was not assertive. And I just gave him that uh, advice of like, hey, don't forget who you are. Like, you're the referee. Yell at us. You know, right, you're allowed right. to, you know? <laughs> That's funny. I, I think I always thought it was just all like, like, these guys practiced this a few times before each round. And then, you know, they go, no, it's, it's you got to know the moves on the fly. Sometimes. You got to know, and, or you just have to like, remember like what the sequence is. So there's a lot of times where like, I'll come up with a sequence with a guy that I'm facing you know, and then we'll kind of go over it a couple times in our heads of like, okay, so we're going to do this, 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 this. And then when you get out there, then you communicate it as you go sure. so that you're on the same page. Um, but then, again, then there's other times where you're just like, yeah, we'll figure it out. And then, yeah. you, and then you just call it as you go. That's cool, though. That whole thing, that whole behind the scenes stuff just really fascinates me. I, I think it's cool. Yeah, it's very cool. So... I'm over time now, but I wanted to give you time to talk about your goals coming up. So you're launching an app coming up. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so the app is uh, the Territory app. Um, the reason that I developed this app was because all social media, all um, any type of business-related websites, etc., they're not designed for professional wrestling. They're designed for other types of use, and we just use them where the territory app is designed for us by us. So to give you an example, um, what a lot of wrestlers fall into or any type of, uh, you know, referee, manager, valet, whatever, it, you know, if you have a show on Saturday, October 21st and you, ha and that show gets canceled for whatever reason, well now you have an open date. So you go on Facebook and you're like, Hey, and a lot of people just make statuses and they'll say, Hey, what shows are running October 21st? And you hope that, people will, you know, comment on it and get back to you. Or you try to find these websites that list all of these, uh, you know, promotions that are wrestling. And you're hoping that, you know, there is a promotion that is near you or in somewhat driving distance. So the problem is, again, like these apps aren't designed for us, whereas the territory is. So if I'm a wrestler and I had a cancellation, if I go on there... I go to the booking page, I go right to, or excuse me, I go to um, the event section of the app, I go to the wrestling events, I type in October 21st, and boom, all the wrestling events are right there for you. You don't have to filter out all that other crap, um, you know, because if you type in October 21st on Facebook, you're going to get, you know, pork roll festival and sewing sure, yeah. and all this other stuff. Yeah. Um, so same thing with wrestlers. So if you want a promotion to find you, you're using Facebook, which also has your grandmother and your 12 year old niece that has a, a Facebook for some damn reason. Whereas <laughs> the, again, the territory app is specifically for wrestlers. So if I'm a wrestling promotion looking for a wrestler and then I'm searching for somebody within a 200 mile radius of my event, it's like, boom, you can be found. And again, so that's why this app is so crucial to the wrestling world because it's, it's specifically for us. It's bringing everybody that's involved in the wrestling world, whether you're a referee, manager, valet, commentator, ring announcer, uh, just a, a promoter, a booker. You make wrestling gear. You make t-shirts, whatever. If you're involved with the wrestling world, you should be on this app because that's how this whole community is going to come together. So check it out, guys. The territory, it's $1.99 a month, yes. correct? Okay, and that's a streamlined basically for anything involved with the wrestling community, whether you're a fan, whether you're involved, like you said, valet or, or 
Manager, Any? referee, commentator, anybody. Anybody, yeah. So it's it's just a streamlined process for you guys without having to go through Facebook and, and Craigslist or whatever else you have to go through to find you know, whoever yep. you need. So it's a great idea. It's a great uh, app launching. Uh, it should be launched when this is uh, aired. So check it out, guys. Hope so. Yeah. <laughs> so um, anything else you want to uh, promote before we uh, end here? Um, so yeah, we already talked about the app, so you can download the app on the app store. Um, it, it's going to be available on all platforms, um, iPhone and Androids and Blackberries, Amazon. Um, so you can download it on those. Um, you can, uh, check out, uh, myself on, uh, Facebook, uh, Keikoa Mana, M-A-N-A. Um, Instagram is at Keikoa Pro and Twitter is at Keikoa Pro as well. Um, you could also, um, hit up the territory app on Facebook. Uh, which would be the Territory App uh, Facebook page. Um, also on Twitter would be at the Territory App as well. Um, so yeah, you can hit us, hit me up uh, on there. And uh, if you download the Territory App, then you'll be able to find me on there too. And then you can keep up with my <laughs> upcoming schedule on my profile. Um, Keiko the Hawaiian Warrior on there, which I'm always going to keep up to date with my uh, upcoming wrestling events and schedules. So you'll be able to find me absolutely somewhere. <laughs> He's He floats around the Lehigh Valley and surrounding areas, so... Go see him wrestle. I'm going to go see him for the first time on Saturday. I'm excited. Yes. So, um, Kakoa, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. No problem. And uh, we hope to see more of you soon. Absolutely. So thank you guys for listening to episode number three of the Hometown Pipe Dreamers podcast featuring Kakoa, the Hawaiian warrior. If you guys want to check out Kakoa, he wrestles around Lehigh Valley. Uh, Hazleton is where I saw him as well as Allentown. Uh, I went with a couple of friends, had a really great time, really fun show, really great crowd. The kids are there, uh, wrestlers are fun. You know, his wife as well, Sammy Pandora, is also an amazing wrestler. So uh, definitely check him out. And you could find him on Facebook under Keikoa Mana. That's K-E-K-O-A space M-A-N-A is where you can find him on Facebook. And then Keikoa Pro on Twitter and Instagram. Now, the other thing that he's going to want me to plug, and I know we talked a little bit about it, but now it's live. It's it's really taken off. It's called the Territory App. And basically, this is a social media concentrated dose of wrestling. So if you're a fan, if you're a promoter, if you're looking to get a gig somewhere, a DJ, whatever, um, or a wrestler, you know, more obviously, check out that app. It's on iTunes. It's on Google Play. I think it's only about $2 a month and uh, it's a really great investment if, if you're a huge wrestling fan or you know if you're trying to get work, you know, $2 is nothing. So you can find the Territory app on Twitter and Facebook. So check that out and you can find more information about that. So next time, next month, we're going to have Owen McEwen on the show. Owen is like, if you guys are fans of Wes Anderson, a, a movie director, uh, he puts Bill Murray in every one of his movies, and we've kind of adopted that with Owen. He's pretty much uh, been in all of our movies, um, and not just because we want to copy what Wes Anderson is doing, but we he's a genuinely a good actor. He's a great voice actor, and he's just an all-around good guy to have on set, so everybody kind of likes to reunite with him for every shoot, and uh, we always have a good time, and, and he is an incredible actor, you know, so it makes sense to put him in every movie. So... We will uh, have him on the show next time. So as always, you can check the Hometown Pipe Dreamers podcast, if you haven't found it yet, on Facebook under H-Town Pipe Dreamers. 
on Twitter under podcast at podcast pipe, or you could search us on SoundCloud or YouTube. Just search Hometown Pipe Dreamers Podcast. We are also now on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. So if you want to check us out on either one of those apps, you can just simply search Hometown Pipe Dreamers Podcast and find us there. So thank you guys for listening, and I'll catch up with you next time.